0: growing up you never had a father you ain't had no role models or good examples so what makes you think you could be a good dad to your daughter and that's just one of the questions you avoid even though they're still pursuing because all those other dads have it figured out meanwhile you have no idea what you're doing but i know what i'm doing because i'm the perfect father when your dad stepped out i stepped in and my steps have more to offer i put godly men in your path so you never lose your weight All those Sunday school teachers, coaches, and mentors, they made you the man you are today. So as you follow in my footsteps, you're going to be a great dad. And you'll give your daughter the gift of the father that you never had. Yeah, okay, but I still can't get over all those horrible things you did in your past. That regret is real, and try as you may, you'll never outrun it, no matter how fast. Let's just face it, you'll never change. All your efforts are a waste. Because if we're really being honest, You're nothing more than a giant mess of mistakes. If we're really being honest, for every mistake there's an abundance of grace. That means you don't get what you deserve and your rap sheet is erased. Regret stopped dead in its tracks when I saved you and gave you a clean slate. You were never your missteps. You were always my child with a hope and future that's great. Yeah, that's great, but can you imagine if God really knew who you were? He'd probably snatch his breath back out of your lungs and bury you underneath the earth. You know he's mad at you, right? He's waiting for just the right moment to strike you down. Because there's no way God could ever love someone like you, much less even want you around. Yeah, that's the thing about love. We approach it way different. You see, I'm the original author. You read in a bad edition with pages missing. Listen, I poured my love out when I made you, then again when I gave you my son to repair the rift. But my love will never be enough. If you never learn to flip the script.
1: Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you. I see some faces that haven't been back in a while. We welcome you back, and we're so glad that you're here. And those of you online, we welcome you today. And let me just uh, just give you a couple of announcements today, just great news. Number one. Uh, last Sunday, I got to go visit, uh, Meredith and I got to go visit her mom and, and uh, which was awesome, uh, time to do that. But I also want to thank Shagoon for speaking for me last Sunday. Would you thank him and wherever you are today, Shagoon? And, and then... Secondly, two weeks ago, we had what we call a Harvest Sunday, a Gospel Sunday, where we strictly share the gospel of Jesus with with people and give them a chance to respond. And and I I just want to report it this way. Two Sundays ago, we had more people in our church accept Christ than we did the last time we did TC Toys. Uh, I I just, it's remarkable when when you think through those kinds of stats and those kind of moments and and what God is doing is bringing men and women and boys and girls and he's offering them new life and it happens because you invest in people's lives. It happens because you invite them. It happens because you are constantly uh, living out this primary calling and I I just want to thank you for that. Uh, This last Tuesday night I spoke at The Creek, which is our young adult ministry. We just launched it a couple months ago and it was awesome. It's at Midtown. If you're a young adult, uh, join us on Tuesday nights at the Midtown campus, and and it was fantastic. 217 young adults uh, were there, and and, uh, it's only getting started. I'm just telling you, it's only getting started what God's going to do in that ministry. I hung around afterwards. In fact, I was the last one to leave the Midtown campus on on, on Tuesday night, and and I talked to like 15 different young adults, and and it was just so refreshing to hear what God is doing in their hearts, what God is doing in their lives, And, and if you are a young adult here uh, today? I, I, you may not know that, that there was a day when talking on the phone was a serious headache. And, and I know you think you drop a call every once in a while, and maybe your Zoom thing buffers, you know, every once in a while. But, but back in the day, back in the day, for those of us who've been around a little while, it, it, it was complicated. It was very complicated. In fact, I'm going to make a video this week trying to get Limley to dial a number on this one. I'll show you the video next week because she won't figure it out. But, but, but there was a day when phone calls were all terrible. There there was static on the line. The other person's voice would get garbled or or you would get, young people, you don't know what I'm talking about, you would get what's called crosstalk, where where your neighbor's call would end up on your call and you could hear their whole conversation while you were trying to have a conversation and it was so incredibly distracting. But today we have fiber optic and 5G and all of those other uh, pieces of technology uh, so that we can hear each other loud and clear. Say loud. Say clear because loud and clear makes a real difference. And, and young or old, you will remember uh, pulling up to a fast food restaurant and, and speaking into that speaker where Charlie's Brown's teacher is on the other side of that speaker, right? Wah-wah, 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 right? And now, most restaurants are trying to improve that. In fact, many of them have. But if you want to experience what I just described, go to the Broken Arrow Water Burger. They are hanging on to that speaker for dear life. Like, it, it, it is a, an emotional connection. But, but it, it, in fact, it looks like you are talking to, or it feels like you're talking to someone who's wearing a mask, right? And I don't know if you've experienced that or not, but I'm experiencing that, and I did not know until this mask-wearing craze how much I read lips. Like, I don't know what anybody is saying anymore. In fact, at a restaurant, I just quit. Like I'm not even trying to make eye contact with the waiter or the waitress. I'm just pointing at the picture on the menu, this, and nodding my head. I'm not even looking because I have no idea what they're saying today. But, but loud and clear, it, it, it's a big deal. But, but when you get loud and clear... It makes a big difference in the way that you function, right? Think about that in the military. What if the soldiers can't hear the commanders loud and clear? They don't know how to fight the battle. Think about that in your place of employment. If your employees or employers can't get through loud and clear, the whole thing is going to be a mess, right? Guys, think about this in the relationship with your girl. If she can't get through loud and clear, eventually you're going to be in big trouble. Right? We we all know that to be true. But when it comes to God's voice, we need to hear His voice loud and clear. And and we've said it many times in the past God does not have a speaking problem. He doesn't. We, We have a hearing problem. And many times it's not that we don't want to hear His voice, it's that we can't hear His voice because of static on the line or, or, or mixed signals that are coming through or, or, or cross talk that is happening or background noise. And, and all of us have this voice on the inside of us. I call it an inner critic. In fact, just show of hands, how many of you already this morning have already heard the voice of the inner critic? You, you, you stand in front of the mirror and, and you walk away and it, that voice says, why did you eat that third piece of pizza last night? What, what is wrong with you? Why, why, why can't you get it right? You, you told your children to hurry up and get in the car to come to church, and, and as you sit down in the car, that voice says, why are you always so angry with them? They're not going to love you. What, what is wrong with you? Or, or you had a quick 30-second conversation in the hall on the way into the worship center, and as you walked away, the voice said, why did you say that? What is wrong with you? And it's not even lunchtime, and you're already letting that inner voice take over and drown out the voice of God. And and here's the problem. In fact, this is kind of an overarching concept in this series uh, called Flip the Script. When we believe a lie, we live the lie. You follow me? And when we live the lie, we give the lie the power of the truth. And in so many pockets of even Christianity, forget the world, but even in Christianity, we're operating on lies that are not even the truth And we, because we've given them the power of the truth. Now hear me, the Holy Spirit wants to be heard loud and clear, not because he's demanding, not because he is sensitive, but because he knows that when he comes through loud and clear, it will make a difference in your life. And your enemy, on the other hand doesn't want you to get the message from the Holy Spirit. So he's distracting you, and he has flipped God's script upside down with with this inner voice, that inner critic, and it's such a subtle thing, but but evil and no less deadly than if the devil were just screaming in in your ear all day long, no less deadly. In fact, the Bible says that this enemy's number one goal is to steal, kill, and destroy In fact, I've pointed this out to you many times before, it's his only function. He's not coming to do anything else with you. He's only coming for these three purposes in your life. And how does he do that? With his words. And by what it is that he says, John tells us over in chapter 8, verse 44, this enemy has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. He is a liar and he is the father of lies. Now, he can't shut down God's voice. Make no mistake about it. This world is not good power and bad power that are equals. No, no, no. There's only one God, and everything else, including the devil, created beings out of the mouth of God. So they're not on equal footing. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he can't shut God's voice off or God's voice down. He just needs to keep us from hearing it clearly. And that's his goal. And so what does he do? He puts static on the line, he messes up our reception. Paul in Ephesians 2 calls this enemy the power of the, or the prince of the power of the air. In other words, what the enemy does is flip God's script. Now, make no mistake about it. God is the originator of the script. I just pointed that out a moment ago. What the enemy wants to do is flip it. It's not that the enemy says something and then God has to counter it. No, no, no. God carries the verdict, and he says it first, and he says it final. And what the enemy wants to do is to flip that script. And somehow what we've got to learn to do is to flip it back where it belongs. Some of of us live our entire lives believing that God doesn't talk. But he is talking. He's always talking we just can't hear him sometimes and if we're honest it's it's not because we don't want to it's because we just can't the reception is bad or or, or the line has been cut or the call has been dropped and the enemy is actively doing his part to block out the voice of god and to flip the script of god and and sometimes he will try to distort what it is that god is saying And, and that's why it's so important to pray and that's why it's so incredibly important for us to read our Bible, but because if we don't, his words won't make sense. And, and, and sometimes they won't make sense because there's static on the line. And, and, and maybe that static is the static of our emotions, that we're allowing to override our thoughts. Maybe that static is the static of sin uh, that blocks the Word of God in in our hearts. It it can be uh, the the static of the cares of this world, those things we want and want and want that we're greedy for and we want more and more of. In fact, Jesus said the cares of this world are like weeds that will choke out the Word of God in in our ears. Sometimes the enemy uses crosstalk he doesn't need to shut God up. He just needs to put another voice on the line and flip the script so that we think it's God speaking. He just needs to message over the message, right? And to talk over the message that's coming from God. And he does this because he knows it can be deadly for us. Why? Because what God says is so incredibly powerful. The spoken word of God is the very spark that created the whole universe. It was He did that with a word. That's how powerful His word is. The first verbs on the very first page of the Bible are God said. Those are the first action words, God said. And from the very beginning when God said, Satan recognized how powerful the words of God are and he's been trying to stop the words of God ever since by throwing static on the line or distorting the words of God. And maybe his best tool is that crosstalk that we mentioned earlier when he flips the script and puts another voice on the line that contradicts the very voice of God. And in this series... Over the next four weeks, we're going to learn to listen to what it is that God says. And we're going to take uh, and flip the script back in fact, I'm going to outline it this way. There are four truths that we all need to get down deep in here, down deep in here, and, and in fact, so deep in us that they're right here on the tip of our tongues at, at a moment's notice. Four truths. And over the next four weeks, I'm going to give you one of those truths each week. You don't want to miss a single week over the next four weeks. But, but, but today, what I want to do is set this whole thing up by going all the way back to the beginning. So if you've got your Bible, Genesis chapter 3. Okay, so turn there. Genesis, first book of the Bible. It's an easy one to find. Genesis. And, and, and chapter 3. It's after chapter 2 and before chapter 4. And we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. I don't know if you have ever started watching a movie in the middle of the movie. And it's confusing but, because you miss the character development. And it's confusing because you, you, you miss the origination of the conflict and it can be really, really confusing. Uh, I, we went and saw a movie this weekend, first time we ever went back to the movies. You remember movies? Where you pay a lot of money and go in and then pay a whole lot more money to get the food and the candy and, and, and the popcorn and then you go sit down in big chairs and you watch something that people produced and worked on. Like, you remember? It's fun. And, and, and so we went and, and we watched a movie called Tenant. Tenet which is like the only one that's been produced in a long time. And uh, I, I just have to say to you, there's a lot of drugs involved in the making of that movie. It's like Inception, but they didn't think it through. Like, like, it's just freaky weird. I saw it from the beginning and was confused when I walked out. In fact, I Googled it and thought, what on earth is that about? And somebody, all these people are saying it's about climate change. You could have told me it is about Papa Smurf, and I would have believed it more than I would believe it is about climate change. Now, they didn't even kind of get that message across for somebody of above average intelligence like me. So sometimes you start the beginning of the movie and you don't understand it. But if you start in the middle of the movie, you're certainly not going to understand it. So if we want to understand how the enemy flips the script, we got to go back to the beginning of him flipping the script. And that starts in Genesis chapter three. And I want to show you how the enemy works because he is at work. And what you and I need to do is recognize what's going on. And then we can begin to become better hearers of what it is that God says. Now, Satan realized how powerful the words of God are. So he desi- He decided to do something about it. He can't shut God up. So he starts whispering in Eve's ear. That's what's playing out. Genesis chapter three and and, and verse one. Let's look at it. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, listen, don't miss it. Did God really say, you hear it? It's the lure of of, of the enemy. It says he's a serpent, which freaks me out a little bit because I'm imagining a snake and I hate snakes all of them. Some of you like snakes and you're of the devil. And and, uh, and every once in a while I'll post a a video or a photograph of me killing a snake on my property and people are asking all kinds of questions like, was it a good snake or a bad snake? I don't know. Were, Were his eyes diamond or oval? I don't know. He had a 12 gauge shot right through the head. I don't see his eyes anymore. And, and, and so I don't like snakes, none of them. I don't want any of them. I don't care what they eat or eat. Or, or, I don't want them, why? Because snakes bite. Even good ones bite. And I don't want to be bit by a snake. Now, if a snake didn't bite, I wouldn't be all that freaked out about it, except for they are freaky how they slither on the ground. It's a little freaky all by itself. If they didn't have teeth, I'd be a little bit freaked out by them. But the fact that they have fangs and they can bite freaks me out. But, but watch this. This is a serpent. It, that's what the Bible is calling the devil in the beginning. He's, he's like a serpent. I don't know if he had feet or, and he stood up with some vertebrae. I don't know, but he's a serpent. And We're afraid of serpents because they bite, but but you got to know the enemy's MO is not to bite you His MO is words Because he's not really after you physically He's after your soul He's after your relationship with your father And so he will tell you a lie. And it won't be a whopper of a lie to begin with, right? It won't be some outlandish, flat-out lie that you could obviously discern and run away from. He'll start by getting you to doubt the goodness of God. Did God really say? Is a lot like saying, does God really love you? What he's doing is creating doubt, and he's getting you to think that God isn't talking, or God isn't interested, or God is upset with you, or God is holding out on you, and God's not giving you His best. And and look at what the serpent says: Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Question: Did Satan lie? did he tell a lie in that verse? First verse, chapter three, his, his first words from Satan's mouth, are they a lie? Now, the answer is technically no. He didn't lie. He asked a question, but the question came in such a way that it made Eve question God. You follow? And, and so the enemy will use deception so effectively that you can't detect it, which is in fact the purpose of deception, Right? And and so when we have our guard down and our armor is not up, we are susceptible to the lies of the enemy because they will be disguised as something else. He never announces his lies. He disguises them. And he may disguise them as questions. And questions are not bad. I get questions all the time, right? Some of them I like and some of them I don't like. But all of them, even the ones I don't like, cause me to stop and think for a moment. But, but, But the enemy will get you to question everything you know about God. It's how powerful it is when you have things settled with God about who God is and about what God says and about who you are in in, in him. And the questions can be dealt with quickly when you have those things settled. That's what I want to help you do in this series, actually. And by the way, I have multiple theological degrees, far as you can go, actually, in our educational system. But I still, on a regular basis, wrestle with this thought or that thought this question or that question and and there are moments and and you say well how do you deal with that i'm going to tell you how i deal with it i've got this phrase embedded in my heart and it goes like this good god bad devil really that's that's the simplicity of what you do with it that's exactly what i do with it Good God, bad devil. When I'm wrestling with something and I can't discern it and I can't figure it out, I always come back to that. Good God, bad devil. So if I ever have a question about the goodness of God, it's a very quick Q&A. Because no, 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 I don't need to go there. I know God is good. I don't have to question that at all. And the devil may disguise his words as conviction. He does this with me all the time right that that he may make you think that your inner, inner critic is helping you by making you a better person by tearing you down now when you think through that you know that's not effective right and that's not the hand of god but the holy spirit on a regular basis will say to me hey no hey stop hey don't say that hey Ask for forgiveness. Hey, take care of that. The Holy Spirit does that all of the time. But, but this universal truth is, is we should all spend more time in the Bible. Because God is saying to you and to me, I desire to spend time with you, to, to show you who I am, to show you who you are, to show you how special you are. To, I want to speak a special word over you. And when we spend more time in prayer and more time reading our Bible, we get closer to him and we know him better. And then we get to know ourselves better. Hear me. It is a win-win situation. But our inner critic says, what's your problem? And it starts in on us. And and why can't you get this right? Why can't you measure up? And it tears us down. God probably doesn't even want you. Why do we let ourselves talk to ourselves that way, right? If it were any other person, we would say, stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who do you think you're talking to like that, right? In fact, we need to do that with ourselves on a regular basis. We, we need to put that inner critic on pause from tearing us down from time to time because there's zero growth in believing a lie. There's zero growth that comes for condemnation. Look, if you, if you were to take some clear acid and, and pour it over your plant It wouldn't kill it immediately, but it would begin to destroy it. Even though the soil is getting wet, it it would ruin the plant. It would ruin the roots of the plant. It would destroy it. In fact, I asked gospel to do that for three days, and it's a very subtle thing. It doesn't happen overnight. If the devil, you know, one time you believed a lie and all of a sudden your arm fell off, you'd quit lying. You follow me? But, but that's not how the devil works because he knows that would, would be the way we would fix it. So he does it subtly over time. And so for three days, gospel has been pouring this acid once in the morning over this plant. Now it doesn't look completely dead. In fact, I saw it this morning and thought, gospel, bad job. <laughs> but it's actually a better illustration because it's subtle, still has green. The leaves aren't brown and withered off, but but three days of acid to the roots. Over time, it begins to destroy the life within the plant. That's exactly what the enemy does to you and me. That when, when we believe a lie, we live by the lie. And when we live by the lie, we give it the power of the truth in our lives. Here's the question. How did Eve respond to this? Look what she said. Of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. Now watch, 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 watch. God said, there's those words, God said, the words of God, you must not eat it or even touch it. Now, in case you're new to the Bible, that's not what God said. God said, you may not eat it. She added words and said, you may not even touch it. If you do, you will die. Right there, right there. That's the moment. And that was the door that the enemy was looking for. And he was baiting Eve to make the first move. He was angling for Eve to lie before he had to lie. In fact, let me just show you two things today that Eve did that we do when we listen to the static and the crosstalk talk and, and, and our own hearts, uh, and, we, and we pay attention to a script that has been flipped. Here's the first thing we do. We put words in God's mouth. Eve put words in the mouth of God. Eve said, God said what God did not say. People do this all the time to God. In fact, people do this to you and me all the time. It's my number one pet peeve in being the leader of a church in an organization that, it, that people put words in my mouth. They misquote me. They, they, they say I said things that I didn't say. The staff does it with each other. When they want something done, they walk into a room and say, Alex said you should do this. And, and, and so, in fact, it got so bad at one season where I said, nobody's allowed to say Alex said. It cannot come out of your mouth. You say it. Own your own leadership. Make your own decision. In fact, at one point I said, if somebody tells you Alex said, ask them to see it in writing. Because if I didn't sign it, they can't quote me. It frustrates me. It frustrates people. But imagine you're God. And you have the power of all power in your words. Right? At moments I'm trying to discern, uh, why, why do I feel anxious? why do I have that gnawing feeling in my gut? Why do I feel nervous in, in, in this moment? And, and I do that, by the way. You should do that. I, I, I try to be discerning. I have this conversation with the Holy Spirit. Why, why do I feel this way? And the Holy Spirit will take me back to a moment earlier in the day or earlier in the week sometime. I say, that's the moment where you started feeling this way. You, you, you believed a lie. You've twisted something here. You, you, you need to make this right, right? And, and so the Holy Spirit will say that. But, but the devil, when the devil does that to us and creates that anxiety, and he, he ends up overplaying his hand. Because the devil will say, you're no good, sorry, son of da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just after. Now you know, that's not God. Because God doesn't talk to his children that way, right? And, And so now the devil overplayed his hand, and now I know it's the devil. Extremes are never God either, by the way. God has never said to me, you always... Fill in the mic, or you never fill in the way. That's not how God talks to his children, right? So those extremes. So there are tells that the devil does and, and will put out there that when you learn those tells, you can discern that this is the enemy speaking to me. The script has been flipped, it's not God's script. The devil overplays his hands, and, and he often does it with big condemnation. And there is a difference between condemnation and conviction. In conviction, I feel the love of the Spirit. Right, I feel the love of the Spirit as he convicts me. Condemnation wrings all the love out of it and just makes it condemnation. And you're left with fear and you're left afraid of what may happen. And so what do you do at that moment? You go run and hide. Condemnation speaks to failure. Conviction speaks to potential. One causes me to run to God. One causes me to run from God. Do do you follow? Listen, in order to grow in this, you, you have to spend time in God's Word. You have to know what it is that he has said so that you can discern what it is he would say. He, he will never speak something to your spirit that doesn't agree with what he's already said in his word. And so you want a discerning factor. It's the word of God. You, you need to know the word of God that has been written for you as a child of God. By the way, we do this with the Bible all the time. We say things are, are Bible verses that aren't even Bible verses. Verses we swear are Bible verses that, that aren't even in the Bible anywhere. Like God helps those who help themselves. That's not scripture. God moves in mysterious ways. Not in the Bible. All roads lead to God. Absolutely, they do not. All things work out for good. God just wants you to be happy. Now, now some of those things are true and good. They're just not in the Bible, so you can't build your life on them. Some of them are half-truths. And the part of them that is a lie uh, corrupts the whole. So some of them may be good v- advice, but, but don't build your life around them and on them. And, and when it comes to life, we, we need to go to the expert. And by the way, that's the privilege of being a Christian. We have access to the expert. Why would we listen to someone who's just trying to figure it all out? Us. Rather than listen to the one who holds the world in his hands. Let, let me illustrate this for you. Let's just say you had a group of people, you got together for lunch and all different professions sitting around the table and, and you had a question. Somebody in the group had a question. Let's call it a medical question. And, and they ask a medical question and, and, and then the doctor is sitting there and says nothing but the accountant speaks up. You ever seen that happen? Why do we speak up about things that we have no clue about? We do that not just in conversation with other people. We do that in conversation with ourselves. And we need to confess that we are bad self-tutors. And instead, we ought to rely on the crystal clear reception from God. And, And when we don't, that's when Satan slips in the lie. Watch what Satan says. You won't die The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. He lies about God's intent. He lies about God's motivation. He lies about God's love for Adam and Eve. Oh, sure, God loves you, but he doesn't like you. He doesn't want what's best for you. He's holding out on you. He wants you to be miserable. He's just waiting for you to make one wrong move so that he can come and strike you down. These are lies that we believe that keep us from actively and accurately hearing the voice of God. And they're not usually end of the world lies. Usually they're very subtle and they're very simple. And the whole script is not flipped, just pause causes it to sound good at first but over time they infect our hearing and they distort our thoughts and soon we're putting words in God's mouth and we're putting our words in God's mouth we're putting our motives on on God's heart and and instead of allowing him to reign freely to speak into our lives now now look at what happens when Eve allows this infection to spread the woman was convinced. In other words, she bought the lie. She trusted the lie. She gave in to the temptation and the deception. She, she put her trust in what she thought rather than in what she knew, which is the second thing we do when we do what Eve did. We put trust in something else other than God. And God belongs in the driver's seat of the bus. It happens all the time in this culture and in this day and age. Well, being loving and kind. Well, okay, that belongs in a seat on the bus, but not in the driver's seat. Because sometimes you can make loving and kind decisions that are not scriptural and weren't biblical, you follow? Experience, well my experience says, well experience needs a seat on the bus. They get a seat on the bus, but they can't be in the driver's seat. And what's happening in our culture, even in Christendom, and even in Christianity, is we put all kinds of things in the driver's seat other than God, and that's called idolatry. And what happens when we put God's words in God's mouth, we end up dividing our loyalty. And instead of trusting him fully now and his grace and his kindness and his goodness, we trust in our own perception. We trust in our own feelings. We trust in our own abilities. And that leads us down a very bad path. Here's the lie. You can fix it yourself. And it is not some inanimate object. You it. Or you're sitting next to it. Don't look at it. Or or you're raising a bunch of it's, right? And the temptation is to think, well, if I read enough, if I study enough, if I pay enough attention, I, I, I can fix them or me or us or whatever. How's that working for you? The lie is you don't need anybody else. Because the ultimate lie is you don't need God. The script has been flipped. We have been wired to need him every second of every minute of every hour of every day. Now watch, the woman was convinced. She saw that there was a tree and it was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it Look at the progression of sin that that, that plays out here. First she saw, then she wanted, then she shared. She saw, she wanted, she shared. That's how sin works. It begins with what we see. And the devil wants us to see only what he wants us to see. And and then he wants us to see it as something good when in fact it isn't good. That's the lie. That's where the deception is playing out. We, we, We think that listening to these lies is good for us. And then we want it. And then we let our desires drive us. And and, and instead of taking control of self, we let selfishness rule. And, And then we share it with others who are around us. We want others to join in as well. And that's why this series is so incredibly important, because it's a matter of your soul. The enemy wants to destroy you. And if he can keep you from the word of God in your ears, you will end up going down that spiral. And it will not just affect you. It will affect others. You may not even be the primary target. He may be after your children. He may be after your grandchildren. It will affect others in your circle and in your sphere of influence. It will keep you from from fulfilling the mission of God over your life. Think about all the people who haven't heard about Jesus. Because you believe the lie that if you talk to them about Jesus, you might offend them. Or that they won't like you. Think about all the ministries that have gone unfunded because you believed your dollars would not make a difference. Think about all the missed opportunities to serve because you believe the lie that your service in church doesn't matter. Do you see how catastrophic this is? Watch this. In fact, write this down. When lies are not confronted, callings are not fulfilled. That's how big of a deal this is. When when lies are not confronted, callings are not fulfilled. Look look, look at how this affected uh, Adam and and Eve. Look, Look at the next verse. And at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame over their nakedness. What great deeds in your life are in danger of not getting done? What great things did God create for you to do and be that you're allowing criticism to kill? How much of your own growth has been stunted by the lies of the enemy? How much of your future is off track because you don't have clear reception? In fact, let me give you another little thing to write down. When those lies go undetected and unchecked, our potential remains unrealized. God longs to communicate with you in tones and in pitches and in frequencies. This world is not wired for. To fill you with affirmation that your soul has been thirsting for. Now here's confession. I wrestle with this every day every day. I have got a ceaseless war going on inside my head that affects my heart. And I am waging war every second of every minute of every day and it doesn't let up because I can't run from my own ears. Winning the war in our heads means learning to defy the inner critic. I I, I wanna try to wrap this up and illustrate this for you. couple of weeks ago I took my oldest two children we me and Meredith took our oldest two children to Virginia it's supposed to be a 17-hour drive where they go to college and we had their two cars a car each and a budget truck full of Catherine stuff (laughs) Eli stuff fit in the trunk of his Honda Civic so we have a 20-foot budget truck that we are driving. So we have four drivers and three vehicles. And, and because I am a loving, valiant husband, I took the first shift of driving the budget truck. Ended up taking all of the shifts of driving the budget truck, for 20 hours. Not 17, but for 20 hours. It is a horrible vehicle. It rides like a logging truck. It beats you to death all the way down the road. It doesn't even have cruise control. I had Charlie horses in my leg from slamming the pedal to the floor for 20 hours. Now, if you work for budget or own budget, don't send me a letter. Just fix the truck's I'm not trying to hurt your business. I'm just telling the facts. Maybe I got a bad one. I, I Don't send me a letter. But, but it's a horrible experience. Horrible experience. And, and here's the craziest piece about it. Meredith got in the, in the cab to ride with me, and she made it from here to Fort Smith. <laughs> Hour and 20 minutes into the ride, she's in with Catherine and Eli for the remainder of the trip. So I'm by myself in the budget truck being beat to death. And, and, and here's, the, here's the wildest part, the, the greatest lie in the whole budget truck rental experience is on the door, both doors, the driver and the passenger door, it says quiet ride. <laughs> Compared to sticking your head in a 747 engine, it is a quiet ride. <laughs> It's the noisiest thing I have ever experienced, like headache-inducing. It is so loud. It's as if the noise is coming through the air conditioner vents and piercing your ears. It is a horrible experience. But, but I, I, luckily, I had some earphones with me. And here's the thing about earphones. Like I, it's part of a love language for me. I love them. I buy all of them. And, and, uh, and, and even, when, even this morning, I, I got suckered in on Facebook on, on this Pulsar ear. ear Uh, buds that are a gimmick that are are a a lookalike for the Apple Pro I have the Apple Pro but I bought it because it's 50 bucks and I thought well they may be awesome I don't need them I love earphones I love earphones because I need a lot cut out of my ears and, and, and these are by Dre, right? Dr. Dre, the, the, the beats that are noise-canceling earphones, and these happen to be my 16-year-old sons. I gave them to him, and he's actually taking care of them, which is a shocker. And and, and so I, I put them on and I can't hear what's happening around me. But but the source to this, it could be Lecrae or it could be Dre. It, it matters, by the way, what, what the source is. Th- these are the ones that I had in the budget truck. These are the Apple AirPod Pros. They are infinitely better than the Apple AirPods, because they are noise-canceling, and so they cut out the budget truck, and so I would be on the phone, or listening to a podcast, or listening to uh, music, or whatever, and as I'm getting ready to pull the budget truck off, and you know, go to the bathroom, or get something to eat, or whatever, I would pull my Air, uh, AirPods out of my ears, and, and I'll think, what is that noise? Like, it's going to blow up. The truck is going to blow up. What is that noise? Because I hadn't been used to listening to the noise. It was so freaking loud. And, and, and here, here this morning, let me, here's the illustration, okay? Here's the illustration. Don't miss it. Some of you have noise-canceling earphones in your ears. But the source is the flip script. And you're just listening to what the devil has to say. You're listening to what that inner critic has to say all the time. In fact, you, you are deaf to, to the voice of God, but because you, you've done the wrong thing in this process. But but what you and I need to do as the children of God is put on these noise-canceling earphones that make God's voice the primary voice and the overwhelming voice in our life. Now, here's how this technology works. Somebody told me this this morning, which makes this illustration so much better. The way noise-canceling earphones work is they are not just speakers. They have a microphone on them that are taking in the noise around you and the technology is so sophisticated it deciphers the frequency of the noise that is coming to you and it flips the script. It literally produces a frequency inverse of the noise that is coming in and pushes it into your ears at the same time that the noise comes in canceling out the noise. The script is flipped. Listen, the, God spoke a good word. He spoke a final word. He spoke an amazing word. And the enemy is trying to flip that script all the time in our ears. But, but what we need is this noise-canceling technology that comes from the Holy Spirit of God, that comes from bathing in the water of the Word of God, that comes from praying and talking to our Heavenly Father, that will inverse that and put it back in our ears as the primary source that's coming into us from our Heavenly Father. And what we want to do in this series is teach you to let God's voice be the primary voice and the overwhelming voice. And the the consequences are huge because it will change all of your life for all of your life. And I want to end today, I'm going to give you several tools throughout this series, but I want to give you one today, just one. One tool that, that, that is a generic tool about God's voice. What's true about God's voice versus the enemy's voice. And if we run in this exercise of trying to discern these two voices on a regular basis, I, I just want to throw one tool out. Take a picture of it with your phone on the screen or here, and leave it as as the front page of your phone for a while. Put it in your car. Put it on your bathroom mirror. And when you're trying to discern, is this God's voice or is this the enemy's voice? Go back to this little tool that I'm going to give you today. Watch, here it is. Satan rushes you. God steals you. He never, ever rushes you. When you feel anxious and you feel rushed and you feel unsteady, listen, it's not the voice of God. It's the voice of your enemy. The enemy frightens you, not God. He reassures you. The the enemy pushes you. God leads you. He does not push you from behind. He is leading you. He would never put himself subservient to you and push you from behind. He is always the leader. He is always out front. He's always on the throne and he is leading you as a loving father would lead Satan confuses you, God enlightens you. Satan condemns you, God forgives you. Satan stresses you out, God calms you down. Satan discourages you, God encourages you. Satan worries you, God comforts you. I promise, if you'll be here the next four weeks, we're gonna give you some very helpful help. And my promise to you is, it will not be hurtful help. It will be very helpful help. You don't want to miss one time over the next four weeks. Some of you are here today. And the whole message is only a little bit relevant to you. Because you can't hear God's voice yet. Because you don't know him. Because you don't have a relationship with him. You don't have a personal relationship with his son, Jesus. And let me just say to you today, we're so glad you're here. In fact, we built this whole church so that you would come and you would feel welcome and you would come to this very moment where you could cross that faith line and trust Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. So I want to lead you in a prayer helping you do that. You say, I don't even know how to pray. It's okay. I'll pray pray it one phrase at a time so that you can repeat it after me. But I don't want you to just mimic what I say. I want you to pray what I say to your heavenly Father every head bowed, every eye closed across every campus and across everybody watching online today. As you bow your heads and close your eyes and open your hearts, right where you are, you want to trust Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. Would you pray and say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner, but today I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. Jesus, would you come into my heart To be my Lord, my Savior, my forgiver in the best way that I know how, I turn my back on my sin and I trust you alone, Jesus, to save me. Thank you for saving me. Now, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. In a moment, our campus pastor is going to come. I pray that you will take that Connect card in that seat pocket in front of you. If you're watching online, I hope that you'll click on that link that says, raise my hand. I want you to let us know. On that card, just mark, I pray to receive Christ today and drop it in a bucket on your way out the door and we will follow up with you. Online, you can just click that button and we will follow up with you. Now, before I say amen and before we look up, let me just encourage you in this way and say to you, The fast track for learning to discern these voices, which is the Lord and which is the liar, is biblical community. That's the fast track. You can take a really slow track all by yourself, but the fast track is to get in biblical community with some other men or some other women who who are learning to hear the voice of God too. In fact, every messianic Jewish friend I have, when I talk to them about personal devotion or personal quiet time or reading my Bible by myself or praying all by myself, they think that is the most arrogant concept in the world, that you would do that all by yourself. They're like, no, 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 you can't discern the voice of God all by yourself. You, you, You need biblical community around you to help you do that. And and to some degree, what they're saying is true. To some degree, the Holy Spirit can say whatever he wants, whenever he wants to, whoever he wants. But if you don't have biblical community, I I want you to get in a community group. They're all kicking off right now. and, and, And you need to find one. In fact, if you have, we're doing a campaign for five weeks, the rest of this series, starting this week. If you have two friends, I want you to start a group. See, so I don't know how to start a group. Just go to battlecreekchurch.com forward slash groups and click on host. We'll send you the videos to show in the group. We'll send you the discussion questions, the discussion guide, and we'll help you. We'll give you a free membership to right Now Media that'll give you loads of resources to help you. But we want to help you start a group. So battlecreekchurch.com forward slash groups. Just click host. All you need is two friends and we'll help you start this group. Now, Father, today we pray over our church that you would advance us, help us to help others advance in their journey with Jesus Christ. Expand your name and your renown. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we all say amen. Would you thank the Holy Spirit today for meeting us and teaching us? Gosh, come if you would.